We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus Minnesota Vikings final review. We're going to break down the game and talk about some stuff that we may have not seen the first time around. And we talk about the oopsie doopsie and baller of the week this week on episode 200 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 200. Man, that doesn't even sound real. That doesn't even sound right. I'm out of the 100s. Still in the triple digits, but episode 200, I am your host, Tyler. Joe, my main guy, as always. Malcolm, no peer with us today, but Malcolm, like, first of all, episode 200 do you believe that right now just hearing that number right now just want to say woo yes sir we made it to 200 we're here episode 200 200 that's just unbelievable dude i mean from the journey like where we started i'm not trying to get all like emotional right now and you know reminisce everything that we've done over the last three seasons now but just unbelievable 200 recorded episodes Talking about the Detroit Lions, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Couldn't ask for a better life, right? Talking about the Detroit Lions, man. Oh, I wish it was a better football team, but. Oh, hey, guess what? 
guess what? Um, I think it wasn't our first episode on the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, it was. Wait, wow. Yeah, it was. I was wow. saying, I know, I know, we recorded a Minnesota Vikings episode. I just don't know if it ever got released. No, it, it did. It did. <laughs> I was saying, I remember. I, I know our first episode was the Vikings. I just didn't know if it ever got released. It got, it got released. It, it sure did. It. <laughs> wow. You know what that game was? That was the game where Golden Tate. That was his first game we traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles. That was Snacks Harrison's second game, and that was the game where we had Theo Riddick in the slot, and that was our first podcast. That was the first game. We had to cover in that 2018 season. Yep. Man, I remember when we started that, we were a three and three football team. This is like when we had the idea. We're like, man, we're we're on the upcoming. We got a new head coach. We're three and three right now. We just acquired the best nose tackle in the NFL and Damon Snacks Harrison. We we're on the come up. And then so I, I mean, I guess you could put the blame on us. Since we started the podcast, everything has gone down. <laughs> no, don't don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> everything oh, has gone down to the hill for the organization, but yeah, episode 200, just a big thank you to everybody who supported us yep. throughout the time. You know, if you're here with us since episode one or if you're here since – if this is your first episode listening, we just appreciate if you clicked at any point during this 200-episode span, just clicking on us, listening to us, it's always much appreciated. So thank you guys yep. so much yep. for contribution. But all right, let's get into this Lions game now. So, you know, it's not all happy. Uh, we, we talked about episode 200. That was a very happy – but now we got to talk about the Detroit Lions game versus Minnesota Vikings. Just another heartbreaking loss. So we, we, we did a Spotify green room immediately right after the game. And we had some instant reactions. And, you know, it, it wasn't too emotional. I think we handled it pretty well after that game. I think we're just so used to it at this point. We, we should have always been used to it. But it's just... I don't know. It's come to a point where we're just so used to these heartbreaking losses and it just never feels comfortable, even when it seems like it should be comfortable. I mean, Malcolm, you rewatch the game. That's your go to every Monday. You rewatch the game. Did you pick up anything different when you watch initially on Sunday than what you did today on Monday? Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of things that I picked up from watching the second time around. I noticed that um, our pass blocking was pretty rough it was more rough than i thought it was watching the first time around that was a big th- that was a big issue we had some guys who did struggle even though we did kind of mention the panacea did struggle but he you know he he struggled a lot um that game not only did he give up the two sacks but he also gave up four pressures that game that was that was tough evan brown didn't have the best outing either he gave up a sack just just these guys up front it it, it made it a little bit harder for jared goff and not putting this as an excuse for Jared Goff for playing as pitiful as he did. He had a rough game. You know, he missed a lot of throws and he turned over the ball a lot. I mean, it's exactly what we saw. This coaching staff, they have, I'm not going to say that's their fault, but I think they got to put Jared Goff in a better position to use, to utilize his strength and, and, you know, try to, you know, make the offense better because right now the offense is, it just seems like it just keeps stalling out, man. This is, yeah. I mean, they were saying this. This came out from Kyle Menke from M Live. He he was saying how the Lions are now preparing to potentially dial back the offense for Jared Goff and just make it a little more easier for him. And you know, I, I, like I think we we mentioned in the live show yesterday, and I, and I don't think that's changed. I, I think we've came to the realization, and I think a lot of Lions fans have. I, I I've 
been kind of on this, but I think a lot of Lions fans have joined my wagon and saying and thinking that Jared Goff is not the franchise quarterback. I think we've seen what we've needed to see out of Jared Goff. Like he's yeah, going to get mean, the rest of the year. He's going to get himself. To, he's going to get an opportunity to keep proving himself, and you know maybe he could win that job going forward. But I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see. No, you, you can't. Hasn't. You can't. You know, just think blindly and think that he could be your guy right now. I, I, I just don't think you're a sane person if you think he's the franchise quarterback past 2023. I really don't. Yeah, you can't. You can't blame the receivers for some of the passes that he's missing and. Um, you know, missing the receivers. You can't you can't blame the receivers for that. And he's doing that a lot this year. Um, seven turnovers in five games. That's that's not good. And I don't put all the bl- the turnover and blame on him. You know, a lot of the like the fumbles, the him getting strip sack. One, one of them was on Peneso. The strip sacks. Those are those are going to come. Like if you, if if you don't get time in the pocket and there's a free rusher and he gets sacked. Yeah. You could get stripped. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it happens. Um, that's why I don't, I don't put all the fumbles on him. The what he has three interceptions now this year. This, yeah, this is number three. Because he threw only three he only threw that one to Kendricks on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, in in that aspect, he's not throwing a lot of interceptions. So that that's 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 a positive. It's just it's the decision making more than more than just the interceptions and more than just the fumbles. It's more of the decision making, getting off the field too early, and. You know, getting a th- a quick three and out, or just not sustaining a nice drive, or not cashing in in the red zone, just like the Bears game. You had multiple opportunities to cash in, and you had some of those opportunities, and especially on this game Sunday, like you know, the game versus Chicago, that was just an ugly game all around. Like your defense wasn't playing very good. I know they held the Bears at only twenty four points, but like you know, the Bears were doing basically whatever they wanted. They were running down our throats. Uh, Justin Fields was able to make a, a pretty much big time pass. Most of the time, when given the opportunity, if he needed to make the pass. I mean, this game was the opposite, though. The defense got that Minnesota Vikings offense off the field, and I counted it up. They gave Jared Goff five attempts at the same score of what it was at halftime, and all Jared Goff could get his team to was a field goal. And and more of that was because of where the Lions put him in field position with that interception to Amani Warrior. I believe. No, but, that was um the intercept. Are you, are you talking about the Bears game? No, no, I'm talking about the Vikings game. The Vikings game. The interception came from um Alex. On, on oh, Alex, Alex, Alex Anzalone. It was tipped by it. Yeah, 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 Alex Anzalone. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, I I'm not sure if it's maybe that's what they're asking golf to do. I I don't know. It's I I don't know. It's like with this offense that, that I'm seeing, it's, it gets, it gets creative, and I like what they're doing, but. I mean, how many post routes do you see with this offense? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, how many guys are going down like, going down the field? Like, like I, I just don't know. And when there's guys on the field, they're kind of covered. Like we seen that one play that, the Jared Goff came up to play action and threw it to um. Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond. And double-covered. he he was double covered. And I, this is this is the play that a lot of people when they saw it originally they were like. You know, only if Jared Goff had a bigger arm, that was a 60-yard bomb. Like, were, are we asking Jared Goff to throw the ball 70 yards? I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a 60-yard – I mean, he was on – he, he threw the ball on the 20, on his 20, and it landed on the other 20. That was a 60-yard bomb. What, Like, what do you expect him to do? Yeah. No, I mean – 
I don't know. I mean, I don't really put the decision making of that pass originally. I just I didn't like the decision making of it. Him to make the throw, I'm not faulting him for not making the he throw. He was actually, you know, that 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 pass, that that throw, Cliff Raymond was open. So he had some steps on him. But, but you, the thing is, but the ball is we don't tr- we don't trust Goff's arm. I don't. I mean, I don't. But does Goff trust his arm? I mean, he probably was like, oh, he's open. Let me throw it to him. Yeah. But I don't think he was anticipating that the ball to be sixty yards downfield. I don't know. But it was a sixty yard pass. He had to slow down for it. And he had a, he had a step on both of them. Like this is like a Josh Allen or somebody like that that that, that has the arm to launch the ball like that. It would have been a different story. That would have been they a touchdown. Connected. Yeah, they connect on that. Pass. Yeah, he saw him, but this is overall one of Jared Goff's worst game. And statistic, statistically, wide, you're probably like, oh, 200 yards. You know, I mean, he did have a 64 passer rating, which is not good. And he had an interception. Sack, he had an interception. Sacked four times. This is the thing with Jared Goff, man. This offense, I, I told you, throwing the ball 35 times is not going to get it done with this team. Mm-hmm. This is not going to get it done. But even though they had a shot, and they should have won this game. I don't think that's the way That's the way they, this offense need to run. You can't run this offense around Jared Goff. With Jared Goff should not have – I was going to say, Jared Goff should not have more passing attempts than our rushing attempts combined. He shouldn't have – more attempts like that. That that that's that's not the strength of this offense. With the amount of times the defense was able to get stops for you and just not being able to catch the points, I mean, I'm gonna put the blame on Jared Goff at the end of the day because he has to still make those throws. I mean, I know I understand what you're getting to. Um, there weren't there wasn't really a point of the game where they had to abandon the run game because they were still in distance. They never got blown out at any point during this game. It was always intact. The game was never you know, out of reach, basically. The only time you could say it was out of reach is when um, some people didn't agree with the uh, Dan Campbell going for that fourth and two, and they punted the ball, and then the Vikings came down the field and uh, kicked that uh, long field goal, and they scored, and it came a 10-point game with around, like, a little under five minutes left in the game at that point. That's the only time I felt like people thought it was out of reach, but other than that, which it obviously wasn't because they came back, but... Um, other than that, the Lions were in reach the whole game, and they gave the Lions offense five attempts to, to score some points, and they, they, they couldn't get anything going. Well, and that starts with golf. And I mean, the run game it wasn't great yesterday, but it was it was all right. I don't know why they weren't using it as much as they they you know they should have because it was working at times. It wasn't as consistent as previous weeks, but it was working yesterday. I don't I don't understand why they did keep it. It was it. it was working it was working well. The thing yeah, is right now when you, look at, when you look at the averages, you're looking at DeAndre Swift. He had 11 carries, 51 yards, a 4.6 average, one touchdown. Yeah. Um, Jamal Williams, 13 carries, 57 yards, 4.4 average. He didn't have any touchdowns. But when you're averaging four point you know, four yards, at least four yards per carry, four point something, four point four, four point five, four point six, and higher. These guys, you need to keep running these guys. Yeah, I mean, th- this is what I'm saying. Like, between both our running backs, when we ran the ball twenty three times, Jared Goff should not be getting more passing attempts than our combined runners. He should not be doing this. It's going to be very hard for us to win games if we're basing the offense around Jared Goff. Detroit Lions football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, 
is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TipPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TipPick will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're looking for tickets this Sunday at Ford Field when the Detroit Lions takes on the Cincinnati Bengals, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today and use promo code Pride Podcast to save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And and something to the offensive line as well. They they were doing a good job on run blocking that game. Where in pass protection it was a little more sus. I mean, you mentioned that Penny still had a pretty rough game with Everson Griffin and a little bit of Daniel Hunter. Matt Nelson had a bit of a rough game as well. Evan Brown, like you mentioned as well. But as far as the run game, they were moving some guys at certain points of the game. And the, like you mentioned, Swift and Jamal Williams were getting some positive yards, good vision, and you know. They they were doing a good job. I think my one big critique on this offense as well is the lack of use of TJ Hawkins in the last three weeks now. I mean, the last three weeks, he's been kind of a non-factor. And I guess you can give credit to opposing teams' defense for kind of eliminating, eliminating him from the game plan. But it's just he's not even getting looks at this point anymore. He's not even getting targets at this point. He's coming more to the point where he's been more of a blocker, I feel like, than, uh, than spread out and you know, as as a as a receiver. 
This is a fault to, uh, I would say, this is a knock on Anthony Lynn right that, now. That's a knock on. That's a knock on Lynn. You can't because because Anthony Lynn, he, you know, your your offensive coordinator. You know, teams are circling your your playmakers. You know, they're going this week. Like, all right, how can we stop T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift? How can we limit these guys as much as possible? If T.J. Hawkinson is lined up as a tight end every single play, it's gonna make it very easy to to blanket him. Mm-hmm. To put a linebacker and a safety on top of him. Now, this is where you gotta be creative. You gotta probably put TJ Hawkinson out wide. Maybe put him in the slot sometimes. You gotta use TJ Hawkinson like other teams use these elite tight ends. Like Darren Waller. Like you see Darren Waller all over the field. He's on the he's out wide, he's in the slot, he might be, you know, lined up at, at the tight end. Anthony Lynn needs to find ways. To get T.J. Hawkinson involved, and that's that's what it that's what it boils down to. T.J. Hawkinson is being doubled right now. He's being doubled, and it's a mixture of his injuries as well. Yeah, and that's why he's kind of been slow. That's what Campbell was saying weeks. as well. Yeah, Campbell was saying that he was with him being limited throughout the week, kind of messed up. You know, his game speed a little bit in this game, which makes sense. But I mean, this is take out this game last two weeks of how much of a non-factor he's been is still inexcusable, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean. We've seen this, and I don't want to bring up in the past. I'm not going to do it, but TJ, they need to utilize TJ Hawkinson much better. Are you going to say Eric Ebron? No, 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 no. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say that, you know, we've seen in the past, we've seen TJ Hawkinson come out with big starts and kind of fade off through the years (laughs) as the season went on. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen that from him. But it just was, I mean, different front office, different play caller, different everything. But. It boils down to Anthony Lynn. You gotta, you gotta use T.D. Hawkinson better. Find ways to get him open. Scheme him open. That's that's why that's why you're there. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think we've came to the point where we realize T.J. Hawkinson has that ability to be elite. Like we've seen it out of him. It's just more of a could he do it consistently? And I think he could. And I, I think it, it is what you're mentioning is that they just got to be more creative with him instead of just making him essentially just a traditional tight end like you do that with Darren Fells that's fine but with TJ Hawkinson you got to be unique with this guy he is such a a difference maker and such a mismatch in so many different in so many different aspects you could put him on a corner I think he's a mismatch you could put him on a linebacker he's a mismatch uh, a safety's a mismatch there's so many things you could do with TJ Hawkinson in the passing game that I think they're not utilizing enough especially these last three weeks yeah I think both our tight ends I think both of these guys are are good and then these guys are being utilized. Yeah, Darren Fells, he's a he's a good overall all around tight end. So you can use him in the receiving end, you can use him in blocking, but we haven't seen him in the receiving aspect. He he barely gets he barely gets in the game. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's talk about I think the more positives, and I want to talk about this defense side of the ball. What you see out of this defense side of the ball? Uh, that that was a big adjustment from week four to week five because I think there was a lot of positive adjustments this week for this Lions defense. Yeah, um, they played a lot better. <laughs> um, you're looking at guys, and when I say a lot better, you had guys flying around the ball, which is something that is good to see because as a Lions fan, you haven't seen that in a while. Everybody just looks a lot faster. Everybody looks fast. You know, our secondary, they're playing with a sense of urgency. They're making, you know, good tackles. You know, they were all around the ball. Everybody, their safeties, everybody, everybody had a sense of urgency that game. Our, our D-line played well. It, it was a good overall game for our defense, and this was a game that we expected to get torched 
because of Minnesota Vikings and their offense and their weapons. But, I mean, even Jefferson in the second half, he kind of got shut out. <laughs> he got shut out. Dillon was – Dillon didn't have any catches until the, that, that last drive. The he last two. The last literally catch that they made, the last completion was – that's the only one he made. Yeah, the, and, that, and that came from, from Dillon. So they did a really good job against these receiving cores, that, that receiving core. So, I mean, hats off to them. They, they did their job. They kept us in the game. And that was a game that, like again, I say we should have won. I have a quote. I have a quote from our boy Matthew Collar, who obviously works in the Minnesota Vikings. He is one of the beat writers for the Minnesota Vikings. He has a podcast on Blue Wear. Go check him out. He did an episode with us, too. So if you guys are interested, yeah. go check out that. That was a lot of fun. It was more than just breaking down the lines into Vikings. So if you guys are just interested in some lines, Vikings history, we call it barbershop talk. So if you guys are interested in that. I would still think it's a valid episode, even though it's after the fact of that game. So I, I, I recommend go checking that episode out. But Matthew Collar, who was at the Kirk Cousins uh, press conference after the game, said, uh, this was from Kirk Cousins, said, the Lions playing two safeties deep took away Adam Thielen and Ju- Justin Jefferson on the deeper plays in the game. And I think, like you mentioned, you saw that. You saw that in the second half where uh, Justin Jefferson was eating us in that first half. They kept going at him, kept targeting him and we had no answer for him. But in the second half, you know, I'm not going to say he was completely invisible, but he was not as much of a factor as he was in that first half. We did a way better job defensively on their receivers, which I think you can make a legitimate argument. Um, top five receiving or top, like, you know, as a top two, you know, guys, I think on a team, I think they're one of the best, like, you know, duos. one, two punch. Yeah. One of the best duos, one, two punches, whatever you want to call it. I think they're one of the best duos in the NFL as far as receiving quarter. And that first half, like, like you know, the Lions had a tough time with Jefferson, but second half they adjusted and they, they did a really good job with both Thielen and both both Justin Jefferson, especially Adam Thielen, man. Like, it came down to literally the last play when the Lions were in prevent defense for Thielen to make his first completion count because he did have a completion that, that got called back. But his first completion that counted on the stat sheet was not until the last, you know, second to last play of the game which you know you got to give credit to especially a very young defense and you got to give credit to some of the guys who were playing out there too who i don't know if it was his first career star but jerry jacobs man he really impressed me out there and he got hurt in that game but he, he looked very solid in that game very rock solid as the outside corner uh, alongside emmanuel warrior yeah jacobs man he was a, definitely a bright spot for this team man he he played a lot better than Bobby Price did. And, you know, he had great instincts. And he played, you know, he played the corner very well. I'll, I'll definitely say that. I I was shocked. I, you know, he was a person that I was, <laughs> wasn't expecting to be a starter and play well. But he he did. So uh, kudos to him, man. I, someone we have to compare it to, Tracy Walker. I think he had his best game of the season uh, yesterday versus the Minnesota Vikings. It was all around the ball was making phenomenal tackles, man. He looked like he had the hit stick button and playing Madden. He flicked that his joystick up a couple times in that game, man. And <laughs> even the Minnesota Vikings crowd is like, oh, oh, <laughs> they're booing it a little bit. But, no, Tracy Walker, man, I think he had nine tackles in this game. They led the so, team in tackles with nine. Yeah, so he, he, he was – it was a good game for Tracy Walker, man. It was, all, it was all over the place, man. He definitely played his best game as a, as a, as a Detroit Lion, I would say. You think, you think all time? All time? Not about all time. I think no, this season, no, definitely. Yeah, this this season. This season, yeah. definitely. Definitely. This season. It's been a while. I mean, we, we've been waiting for Tracy to kind of make those positive strides. And 
I think he's always been solid. And I think he's always a guy we've seen the potential with him, but we're just kind of waiting for that next step because it is a contract year for Tracy Walker. And I, I think in that game on Sunday, you saw that potential with Tracy Walker. And it, it's just going to come down to more. You want to see more of this. You want to see more consistent Tracy Walker doing plays like this. So I think he's a fascinating player. I think he's a very interesting player. And it's going to be a very interesting decision what happens with him in the offseason, what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell think of Tracy Walker. And if they want to bring this guy, because if it's not by Detroit, someone's going to pay this guy. And I'm not saying I'm not, you know, pushing the table saying we have to be that team that pays Tracy Walker. I want to see more personally. But it's going to be an interesting decision at the end of the day of what they end up doing with Tracy Walker in this offseason. That's going to be very interesting, man. I can't – I don't know what they're going to do, man. You think he's going to, I think he's going to command a good chunk of change, man. I could see a team overpaying for him. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be the Lions, but I could see a, a, another team paying for him that needs a safety. Yeah. I mean, because you got to remember, too, that it, it wasn't this staff that drafted Tracy Walker. You know, that was Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn that drafted him. So, you know, I, I think Tracy has emerged to be kind of one of those vocal leaders. So I wouldn't be completely shocked if they want to keep him around because, you know, they need someone like that right now. They need a guy who could be vocal and be a leader for that secondary right now. Because as of right now, on the active 53-man roster, if you're not counting Daryl Worley because God bless Daryl Worley, He's not like any anything long term or not even a significant piece who was actually a healthy scratch in that game. Tracy Walker is a guy I think they lean on to, especially these young guys. A lot of these young guys lean on Tracy Walker, especially Will Harris and you know, I would say these young corners, even like Jerry Jacobs, Bobby Price, Jeff Okuda when he's healthy. I think a lot of these guys rely and, and you know, on Tracy Walker to be that vocal guy and a mentor almost. Yeah, definitely, man. So I mean I don't know what they'll do if they lose him, man. That that's gonna be tough. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they still got a lot of games to decide that decision. And, you know, they can even get a extension technically done throughout the season. You know, maybe that, that's something that happens. We'll see. I think it's going to come probably come in the offseason. I think he'll probably want to test the market, see what's out there for him. But, you know, I, I think Tracy would be a fine player to keep around. And I, I think he still has the rest of the season because, like I mentioned, I want to see a little bit more. I think he has the potential to be one of those building blocks when you look at this whole big picture. Um, I, I think Tracy Walker has a potential to be one of those guys where, you know, he he could be a staple at one of your defensive, uh, one of your safety spots. So, you know, I'd keep an eye out on that. Obviously, I know a lot of Lions fans like Tracy Walker. So that's something I would keep an eye out for throughout the rest of the season with Walker because he had his best game of the season uh, for sure by far. Yeah, definitely. So, hey, I mean, well, now we have our oopsie doopsie and baller of the week. Yeah, we can talk about the oopsie doopsie and baller week. Let's, let's go. You know, you, this is your award now. I, I'm I'm handing this. This is your award now. Baller of the week, man. Who was the baller? No, I'm, I, I'm just subbing in. I'm just subbing in. Um, the baller of the week. I'm gonna give it to the guy who gave the Detroit Lions a chance to win this game when we thought we didn't have a chance. Uh, you know, we're down by we're down by a score. And we needed a, we needed to stop, and I'm gonna give it to Jalen Reese Maven. He I, he had a very 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 good game, man. And he was a guy who I think out, out of all of our linebackers, I mean, it's, it's a debate between him and Alex. Alex is also playing very well as well, but he's been one of our bright spots in the linebacking core, and I'm he definitely deserves the ball of the week this week. I like that one, Jalen Reese Maven, man. This was a guy. I was a believer in in the offseason. I'm saying he could be a, a, a big piece in linebacker. And then I watched the preseason game. 
I fell off the wagon, and then I'm kind of back on it now. Like, I, I don't know what to think of Jalen Reeves' name. And so, kudos to you, Jalen Reeves' name. And you made a huge play of the game. He knew it from the start that it was a fumble because the refs were, like, ruling Alexander Madison down originally. And then Jalen Reeves was like, I got the ball. And he's I'm going to the end zone. And then I see he he's fist bumping. He's, uh, you know, chest bumping everyone, shoulder bumping everyone. Yeah, and he spikes bomb. Like, don't get on sports. I'm like, conduct now. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't push us back. Jared Goff's already having a tough time pushing this offense. But, no, that was a huge play of the game. Gave the Lions a legitimate shot of winning the game. Gave the Lions the lead at the game very late in it and just came short once again. And the Lions are the only team in NFL history to lose to two 50-yard field goals in one season. And we're only in week five. So this could happen again, technically. Yeah, they can. I mean, this this is only... (laughs) It's, it's tough, man, to lose that way, man. This it's heartbreaking to lose that way. And you I, I'm saw hoping that. you saw that emotion from Dan Campbell. Yeah, I'm hoping it that's not the case that it happens again this season because that's not a way you want to. I mean, you don't want to lose like this. I mean, this is a real debate question. Like, would you rather lose getting blown out, or or would you rather just lose by last second field goal? You, Tyler, how, how would you feel? What, I, would you I, 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 my heart would say just get blown out. But, um, no, realistically, you want to see the guys fight. You want to see them win. But it's going to come to a certain point where the Lions are going to need to finish one of these games, man. Like, you can't keep losing on these heartbreaking losses. And, and like, I, I know expectations this year are not high. I'm not saying we need to win a playoff game. I'm not saying we have to win the NFC North. But you're going to have to win one of these games sooner rather than later because when dan campbell keeps preaching you know you know all these guys that we're so close we're so close it's got to come to a point where these players are going to be heartbroken if they don't if they can't finish one of these games i think it's coming sooner rather than later just like dan campbell said it's coming soon it's coming soon and it has to come soon because i'm trying to believe into this guy and he's making me a believer slowly and slowly but you know as the weeks go on I want to believe in him so much because we were watching that press conference. We, we didn't get to react to this instantly because it was happening as we were live. You know, you felt it. Like, as a fan, Dan Campbell is replicating Lions fans. He's replicating the pain that we've gone through. He understands it. Um, like, just watching that, I'm like, man, I almost bought, I'm about to cry right now. I'm about to cry right now from Dan Campbell's press conference. <laughs> just speaking of it, man, because he understands it. He, he's not giving us bullshit. He's not giving us pad level. He's not giving us look at the injury report. He's not giving us this. He's not giving us this coach talk. He's giving us his heart. He's giving us the truth. We're going to get it. We're, we're there one day. It's going to be there soon. But it's got to happen sooner rather than later. We got to close out one of these games. Because yes, when, when you keep preaching, you know, we're one mistake away, one mistake away. We got to clean up that one mistake and finish one of these games. So, you know, man, it, it, it's going to come. It's going to come. I can't tell you when it's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come day one, Lions fan. I'm saying that to myself. I'm saying it to everyone listening right now. It's going to come. Let me ask you a question. For like these games that we're losing so close, who do you, who are you putting the blame on? Uh, I mean, there's always I, I know like everything at the end of the game always gets more 
you know, highlighted and more noted because it's obviously the recency bias thing. But like you, you just look at all these games. There's it's it is like what Dan Campbell says. There's a mistake there. Like, let's go back to the Baltimore game, week three. Jerry Jacobs has a, a legal touching uh, you know, outside. He's running out of bounds, and if, if he doesn't do that, we we get a fumble, and we're inside the thirty. We're inside Baltimore's thirty yard line. Or this game, you know, Jared Goff doesn't make a stupid read to, I believe it was Cadero Hodge, and throws a pick right to Eric Kendrick's hand. Like, there's so many what-ifs, and and there's so many things to clean up, and that works both ways. I I don't know. I can't pinpoint these losses on one person. It's a collective effort. Could I say maybe it goes more towards a guy like Jared Goff? I think you could say that. But I can't pinpoint it all on Jared Goff. I can't pinpoint it all on the Lions defense. I can't pinpoint it on Dan Campbell. I can't pinpoint it on one person. It's the team. They lost as a team all all these games so far. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, um, oopsie doopsie of the well, week. Who do you have, man? Oh, Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Well, I was just talking crap about him. Jared Goff, he's the oopsie doopsie of the week, man. Oh. I mean, you got you, when you get multiple attempts from your line, from your defense. When your defense is busting their ass, man, busting their ass out there, giving you a legitimate opportunity to win the game. Not one time, not two times, not three times, not four times, but five times. Jared Goof is not able to orchestrate a drive just to get just to punch it in the end zone. And Malcolm is about to hit his parlay because he's he's fisting in the air. So maybe he is the baller of the week this week. But if he loses the parlay, he will be the oopsie doopsie of the week. <laughs> Sorry to get off topic. Malcolm's happy about the Baltimore Ravens game right now. Okay, Jared Goff. Yes, he's the oopsie doopsie of the week, though. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with oh, you. Wait, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't sidetrack that. Tell us why you're excited right now. Because this game's going overtime. Oh, we got an exciting game, so we might have to end this soon so I can go watch this game. <laughs> yeah, it's going to overtime, and um, yeah, I have a shot. I have a shot at my parlay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with you with um, Jared Goff, even though, you know, I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah. He hasn't played the best, his best football. It, it, it was bad this week. You know, it, it was bad. So, yeah, it, it would have to go to him. Uh, Malcolm, before we head out of here, and we're going to watch overtime football, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. But I, I want to get your thoughts on it. Because th- that Dan Campbell press conference hit me. It hit me to my heart. It hit me personally. How did it hit you? Did, did it affect you at all? Or was it just like, oh, I've heard this for 60 years. SOL. <laughs> I know this is not Come you. On, man. You, are the you, already know. you already know that's not no, me, man. I know. I know you're the complete opposite of that. But I'm just saying, like, did, does it, did it get old for you? Is this like, it's just a cliche at this point? I, I'm sick of mm. hearing this. How, how did you? How did you? I, I felt his emotion, man. I felt his emotion. He wants it bad. And he, you know, he was so close. And he felt like he was so close. You know, this is something like, you know, when the, the, what's what's that saying? When the, the monkey's on your back, you, you got You can't get that monkey off your back. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I can't even think I right know, now. Man, I yeah. you know, I'm, an, I'm an analogy guy, and I can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- this is that thing. Like he's just trying to get his first win in Detroit, and he was so close to getting that first win, and you know he could just feel it, he could taste it, and it was right there. And another last second field goal, man. That that just has to be tough for a, a, a brand new coach. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Malcolm is not happy right now. Okay. I think we have to end the show. <laughs> I think we have to end the show. 
All right, guys, we will be back later this week to preview the Cincinnati Bengals. We're still doing these, man. We're still going to be previewing whatever team we're playing. And we will be live on Spotify Green Room on Sunday. We'll have our underdog picks, too, this week. So stay tuned for that. If you guys are interested in our underdog fantasy, even though they didn't hit on Sunday. But if you guys are interested, uh, code PRIDEPOD on uh, underdog fantasy. You, if you put $10, you get $10 back. Free money. Just, just go on Underdog Fantasy. Much appreciated. And leave a five-star review while you're at on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. That is always much appreciated. And with that being said, we'll be back later this week. But for now, I'm out, guys. And, you know, we'll see how Malcolm feels after this game. I'll, I'll be texting him. So we'll see how he feels. But I'm out, guys. Peace. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I'm out. Peace. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.